what is the actual truth. And I think uh, both are true. Like, yes, we have our liver and kidneys and uh, skin to detox, but we also have... Um, so our body's like, you know, innately able to detox, but that doesn't mean we can ignore everything and eat whatever we want and do whatever we want and just completely rely on our uh, our detox organ system. So I think it's a really good balance. Like we want to be able to live the healthiest life possible, but we don't want it to become to the extent of where we're just causing more stress and doing ourselves more mental harm. Because I really do feel like I mean, my mantra with healthcare is I want to help improve my patient's quality of life as much as possible, whatever that looks like. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. and welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. I'm really excited today to be talking to a, an Empowered Spirituality alumni, <laughs> uh, as you could say. Uh, she was a guest in season one uh, in the summertime, so quite a long time ago. Um, but if you want to re-listen to her, ep- her episode, I would highly recommend it. She gives so much more in-depth information in that episode about your period, what the period's all about, hormones, the the menstrual phases. So if you don't already know about that, I would highly recommend listening to that one. There's also been others um, scattered throughout where we talk about the menstrual cycle. You know, it's one of my favorite topics, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, But today we're talking a little bit more about inflammation and gut health and a little bit about how that affects your period, but mostly just information about information about inflammation and gut health and how we can start to improve those things. I didn't even tell you who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Allison Locke. Uh, She is amazing. Uh, I also really highly recommend following her on Instagram because she posts incredibly uh, researched and um, everything is evidence-based and informative posts um, and really easy to digest. She'll share about her personal journey. She'll also share like just factual stuff that she teaches to her patients. She's just really, really rad. Um, She's a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner She's based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, but she also sees clients from anywhere in the world because she is also a virtual health coach. She has specialized training in fertility and reproductive health, and as someone with stage three endometriosis, is particularly passionate about treating chronic pelvic pain and the symptoms of endometriosis. If you, I've shared a little bit about it, um, not too much, uh, but I'm currently in a journey of trying to get possibly diagnosed with endometriosis. So I've had a couple ultrasounds um, and I have just one ultrasound actually. Um, and I have my surgery on May 8th. So uh, we'll see if that's what's going on, but it is something that we suspect is going on. So I've been you know, doing a lot of reading up on and uh, trying to put things in practice that I'm reading about endometriosis and also inflammation. 
Um, and I share with Allison in this episode that I've really seen a lot of positive improvements. Uh, I've been doing it for maybe about six weeks. Um, so not totally to perfection, but I try and follow the 80, 20 rule, which is that 80% of the time I'm eating pretty low inflammatory. I'm not really having a lot of gluten or dairy or sugar or alcohol. And about 20% of the time I let that kind of go a little bit more. Um, and the, the improvements I've seen have been incredible. So if that sounds intriguing to you, uh, this episode definitely has more actionable tips on how you can reduce your own inflammation and improve your own gut health. Uh, we also talk about how there's no shame in, you know, having inflammation or, or more inflammation than maybe is, uh, functional for you. Um, because I think, I don't know if this is common or if this is just a me thing, but I will feel shame when I'm hearing about like, oh, eating all these things or doing all these things was causing me pain and causing me like hardship and, oh, I did something wrong and all that stuff. So we also talk about how you're not, it's not your fault. No one is to blame for this, any possible imbalances or problems uh, we're just giving you facts, right? And we're just giving you information and you could use that information to, and use it. Um, but it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you if you haven't used it. Right. So I love that we really tried to keep that open-minded curiosity perspective. And I love that Allison does that in her work. Um, she did just launch period university, which sounds absolutely incredible. 10 modules really in depth about your period, what's going on with your hormones, gut health, inflammation, and more in-depth ways of how you can cure your period stuff yourself, which I think is amazing. And she also does do one-on-one work, one -on -one work with people. And I have heard uh, from people who have gone to her that she is absolutely incredible and I don't doubt it one bit. <laughs> so without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode with Allison Locke. So I have had painful periods and cycles and incredibly heavy periods since I first started my period. And being a certified health coach and having so many talented menstrual health experts in my network has allowed me to use food as medicine and create lifestyle changes to improve my cycle, but I still suffer every month with pain before and during my period and even pain with ovulation, and I still have a pretty heavy flow. And that is where Elix comes in. Their cycle balance tincture is actually personalized just for you. So mine all say Samantha in handwritten lettering on the side of the bottle. And they include a tailored blend of medicinal herbs to holistically support menstrual symptoms by treating the underlying imbalances. And in fact, 93% of users have reported reductions in symptoms such as cramps, heavy bleeding, mood swings, irregular cycles, bloating, fatigue, anxiety and stress, migraines, PMS, and actually many more. I have already seen an incredible decrease in my pain and even if in my flow, something I thought I would just have to live with for the rest of my life. And I've even been experiencing less fatigue and fewer mood swings. So thank goddess for that. <laughs> and if you want to try this out and take the assessment and order your first bottle, you can use the code SamanthaN20 and you can get 20% off of your first order if you use the code SamanthaN20. 
You'll do this at elixhealing.com or you can just use the link in the show notes. feel like so you definitely asked me this question when we last talked like a year or two ago and I actually am really curious at what I responded because I I don't remember at all so this might be the same definition but this might also be completely different but um I would probably say my my current definition is that it's just like you feel free to dedicate your life to the things that are important to you and that you're passionate about and just really living in accordance with your life's path. Oh, I love that. Yes. I actually don't remember what you answered either. (laughs) I'll have to look back. (laughs) Yeah. So you were a guest. I actually think it was almost two years ago when we talked about, we talked a lot about the cycles. I think you were the first Mm -hmm. person to really talk about periods and the cycle and you also talked a little bit about being an acupuncturist. So, mm-hmm. it's really oh yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is inflammation and how that affects our gut health and our period health. So, I'm curious if you could start off by, I guess, like what is inflammation? <laughs> Yeah, inflammation. So it's basically, it kind of comes from your immune system. And it's basically your immune system overreacting to certain things in that's happening in the environment within your body. So inflammation, it can be really obvious, or it can be really sneaky. And so the obvious symptoms are pain, headaches, gut issues, PMS, period pain, Uh, mood issues even, or issues with your skin. It basically affects every organ system and body process. And it's basically your body signal that something is wrong, something is out of balance. It's not happy with something that's going on. Um, Or it can be a really sneaky and cause like really subtle shifts. Like you don't realize that there's been inflammation affecting your ovaries until you try to conceive and you find out that you have poor egg quality or you eventually wind up with high cholesterol or insulin resistance because of gut issues that have been kind of lurking in the background for years on end. Mm, That's so interesting. And am I right in saying that it's a pretty common thing that we are all experiencing at this time probably? Yeah, I think with the state of our environment and health, I think everyone's got a little bit of inflammation, but I don't want that to be like, you know, alarming or super scary because I do think we also need to have like a sense of trust in our body because our body is able to handle a good amount of inflammation and we're kind of, we're designed to be able to handle these kinds of things in our environment. Biology is really actually impressive. Um, So yeah, we want to definitely do actively do things to support a healthy, healthy levels of inflammation in our body. Mm, so I know we both know uh, Mal Beckett, uh, who is amazing. And me and her mm-hmm. are reading a book called uh, The Gospel of Wellness. And she talks a lot about how there's a lot of fear mongering and people kind of like leaning into these things. So like to kind of like scare people into buying things. So I'm so glad that you said like, yeah, we probably all do have some level of inflammation and yeah, it's probably a good idea to reduce our inflammation. And Mm -hmm. also we don't have to kind of like live in fear and have that trust in our body. So I I love that you said that. I was wondering, Mm -hmm. could you touch a little bit more on that? Sure. I mean, I think that that's such a common thing when you work 
as like a healthcare professional, like at what extent do we start worrying about things? At what extent do things become pathological that require treatment? And at what times can we just let the body ride things out? And there's always that like, I feel like every springtime there's that, oh, do we do a cleanse or does our body have the organs necessary to detox? And what is the actual truth? And I think uh, both are true. Like, yes, we have our liver and kidneys and uh, skin to detox, but we also have, um, so our body's like, you know, innately able to detox, but that doesn't mean we can ignore everything and eat whatever we want and do whatever we want and just completely rely on our, uh, our detox organ system. So I think it's a really good balance. Like we want to be able to live the healthiest life possible, but we don't want it to become to the extent of where we're just causing more stress and doing ourselves more mental harm. Because I really do feel like, I mean, my mantra with healthcare is I want to help improve my patient's quality of life as much as possible, whatever that looks like. And if someday that means um, spraying perfume and going to get a coffee and a donut with a friend, like that's awesome. Like sometimes we need that healthy balance. And that's always what I'm kind of striving for with my patients is that we also need to enjoy and live life and have that sort of innate trust in our body that our body can handle a lot of things because our bodies have like humans are pretty resilient. But yeah, no, there's also um, like a lot of really great things that we can do and incorporate into our life that aren't stressful that we can do to promote health. Mm, Aren't stressful and I think for me, I just shared before we started recording that I've been struggling with possible endometriosis and feeling like there is a lot of inflammation with other things that have been popping up. Um, And so I have been restricting my intake of certain things, but I'm also so mindful that I'm not having a restrictive mindset around food. And so Mm. I love that you kind of touched on that balance. And I think we talk about this with intuitive eating, sometimes the pendulum swings one way, but it usually swings back another way. Is that something that you see with the people that you work with that there's kind of like a balancing out period of finding their own balance? Yeah, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. Like if you're dealing with a really acute health problem or if symptoms are really severe, you probably do need to be on that swinging of the pendulum side of where we do need to be fairly restrictive. Um, But it is so we can gain our health back so we can feel better. And it has a really good purpose. And I always tell my patients like the ones that um, are really sad because they have to give up like, you know, coffee or wine or something when they're trying to conceive. I always tell them like, it's a goodbye for now. It's not a goodbye forever. There's going to be plenty of cups of coffee and glasses of wine in your future. This is like a very temporary thing. So like, let's just keep our eyes on the prize. Let's get you there. And then we can um, kind of spread out and swing the pendulum the other way as it's appropriate for life. That's so cool. I I look at your profile a lot because you have such great information just personally. Uh, And you had one post, this is back there too. So you're going to know that I (laughs) was really diving deep. (laughs) Okay. Um, you were saying that um, you were kind of like talking about your progress with your own endometriosis. Mm. Uh, maybe it was only in March because that was, I think, the okay. awareness month. But oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then you were kind of saying like I-, I need to be a little bit more restrictive in the beginning, and then I can kind of allow myself to mm-hmm. have the the treats a little bit more often once I've gotten my body to like a a baseline kind of okay spot. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like especially if there's a gut health thing, like sometimes our the state of our microbiome and stuff is just at a really 
uh, sensitive state where it really can't handle a lot of things like that. So we really do need to just support it in a really specific way. So we have that sort of flexibility in the future. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause that was my next question. <laughs> um, first of all, I feel like the words gut health sounds very intriguing and very almost trendy, but I don't know that we know what that means. <laughs> like we know we should have good gut health, but right. what, what even is gut health? So I was wondering if you could answer that first. Yeah. So our digestive system starts in our mouth and goes all the way down and it influences so many things in our body. It is such a foundational pillar of health and it consists of, you know, like a really a lot of good bacteria, a lot of bad bacteria that we want in a healthy ratio. So our microbiome, the bugs in our gut, uh, live with us symbiotically and they do a really, really important things in our body, but we want them to be at a good balance. And then we also want the integrity of our gut lining to be really healthy um, because a huge percentage of our immune system lives by our digestive system. And this is to protect our bodies from waste products and bacteria and toxins and things that we've ingested. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us don't have perfectly healthy guts. There's a lot of dysbiosis out there due to overuse of antibiotics or other medications, uh, the birth control pill, inflammatory diets, pesticides and food, stress, all of these things have a negative impact on our overall gut health. So that probably includes just like um, the state of inflammation, the integrity of our gut lining and our microbiome. Wow. That's also interesting. Um, so yeah, it it's really like, fascinating. Yeah, it is really fascinating. So it sounds like gut health and inflammation kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, just because of the, the huge relationship between the immune system and the digestive system, because a lot of the inflammation in our body does come from our immune system. It's this, uh, like if there's a lot of pro-inflammatory molecules, a lot of that are cytokines and things that are related to immune system molecules. So um, regulating the immune system and supporting a healthy digestive system does improve overall levels of inflammation and resultant health of other systems. Oh, okay. That's really interesting. Um, did it take you a long time to like internalize all that information? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm a forever <laughs> learner. I've been, I've been studying health and like holistic health and human body for over a decade and I'm still always learning new things and it's, it's never ending, but I have such a passion for it and it's, you know, definitely my life's work. So that helps kind of keep up the motivation. Uh, yes, that makes sense. I know whenever you, you explained it and I've read that as uh, like similar sort of thing. And I'm always mm -hmm. like, wait, what? <laughs> it takes a while. Sometimes you need to hear things like multiple times for you to like actually really understand and like be able to implement it in daily life. And that's why I think podcasts are so awesome. Oh my gosh. I agree. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So I have a, one more question about gut health probably. Mm -hmm. Um, are there some kind of simple things that we can do to just kind of like overall be better with our gut health? Cause I think, yeah, I'll read like the books or the articles about gut health and I'm like, Oh my God, that's a lot. So yeah. I'm wondering if they're mm. like, if you have any recommendations for like little starting points. Yeah, there are definitely some basics. I mean, I think if you are struggling with a lot of digestive issues, it is really important to seek out a healthcare pr practitioner that can identify like what's going on with you specifically, because there's a lot of different kinds of things that can be going on with your gut health. Um, 
like, <clears throat> excuse me, like any hidden gut infections or microbiome disruptions, low stomach acid, um, all these kinds of things like parasites, like all these kinds of things can be uh, affecting your gut health. But some basic things that I would probably tell like a lot of my patients are making sure that you're eating enough like fiber because the like vegetables and fiber is what kind of feeds the good bacteria in your gut. So that can help create a good positive balance um, of bacteria in your digestive system. And then consuming a lot of like anti-inflammatory foods and decreasing some of those pro-inflammatory foods. So lots of leafy greens, lots of vegetables, um, lots of fruits, lots of good antioxidants, and then making sure that we're not eating too much gluten, too much dairy if you're sensitive to it. Sugar and alcohol are really harsh on the digestive system. So I think that alone, just doing some like simple diet modifications is a really great start. I totally agree. And I've been doing some of those simple things. Like I'm not totally mm -hmm. gluten-free, not totally dairy-free, but mm -hmm. it's a lot less. Uh, and I have eczema on my hands and that has cleared up so much just no within way. a couple oh, of days. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. You can notice a lot of these things within, within a day or two. Like I think there's evidence that I'm going to totally butcher this study, but it's, it's something like eating just organic or like some, some kind of vegetable, like your microbiome can change in like dramatically in like 24 hours. Like it's really crazy how, how fast our digestive system is open to change. Oh my gosh. One thing I actually really love about the work you do and just following you on Instagram, you're really evidence-based and I often mm -hmm. will see you cite things in your posts. And so I think that makes you, makes me feel very safe getting my information from you. Oh, good. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I do really, really try to cite everything that I say because there is an astounding amount of misinformation online. So I do really want to create that like safe, informed space for my friends and followers. Yes, that's very obvious. And that's actually what I was going to touch on is I love that you said like, there are all these things that we can do and they're pretty simple things that, you know, most people should be doing regardless mm -hmm. of gut health. Uh, but one of the most important things to do is to seek out someone who can give you actual medical information about yeah. your specific body. Cause there are so many, we were talking about the rise of information available, which is great, but I think there's a mm -hmm. lot of people. Yeah. Maybe just sharing information that's not totally true or only true for some people. So exactly. I like that you added that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Yes. And self-diagnosis can be scary and appealing. <laughs> uh, I know. I know we want answers, but but it's really important to make sure that we're getting the right ones and we're not just listening to like a really, I don't know, beautiful Instagram creator or whatever that's like always selling supplements and stuff. <laughs> like they're the next mm. supplement that you see on TikTok and Instagram is not always going to be the right one for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And if people are giving you information that then allows you to buy something from them. Maybe just always be a bit curious with that. Exactly. Kind of yes. Thumb. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And actually I liked what you said about kind of noticing the changes in your body that can even happen within a day. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know if this is true for others, maybe, uh, but whenever I hear about gut health or inflammation, there's this feeling of shame that comes in of like, I've, mm. I've done this or I'm harming myself or this is all my fault. And I like the reframe that you gave, which is just kind of notice, oh, when I eat mm -hmm. this, this happens. Yeah, or when I eat exactly. this, 
this positive things happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm wondering, does shame come up a lot with your clients or your patients as well? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a huge part of that, especially with like diet and diet culture. Like there's, there's so much shame and emotion, especially for, uh, for women connected to food. And that's a whole issue and a whole other thing that we need to, you know, eventually break down in, you know, modern day society. But there is, there is. And there's also, I see a lot of like um, patients with chronic pain that just don't have the energy to be able to like make these really healthy meals and stuff, or there's a financial burden. And so there's always, there are, you know, things stacked up against you to try to live the healthiest life that you can. There's, you know, we have to seek out this information ourselves. Like no one's really helping us with this. And, um, so it, it does, you know, there is a bit of a learning curve and there are some things stacked up against you, but I think if you kind of, uh, find, I don't know, find, find ways that like resonate with you and are able to implement in daily life, uh, then I think that's the easiest way to start and the easiest way to go. Oh, I totally agree. And you have such a great way of presenting information. It's just like neutral. Like you're not saying that someone's bad or wrong for doing anything. It's just very informative. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that about you. Oh, cool. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So I'm curious next about how inflammation and I guess gut health as well affects your period. And I know that's a big question. So just take it away. (laughs) Okay, sure. So Basically, um, inflammation is definitely directly cl- directly tied to your period. And it's because if you think about it, your digestive system is neighbors with your reproductive organs. So your uterus and ovaries are really close. So if there's a lot of inflammation around your gut, then it can, you know, be directly tied um, and kind of interfere with uh, with your reproductive health. And so basically inflammation can lead to an increase in pro-inflammatory prostaglandins, which is a little molecule that causes the little contraction-y sensation and movement to get your lining to shed. We need a certain amount of these in order for your period to happen. But if we have a lot of inflammation, we're going to have a lot more of these prostaglandins than we need. And that's going to cause a lot more period pain. Um, and then inflammation can also affect the quality of ovulation that we're having, which will in turn affect our levels of progesterone. And progesterone, uh, if it's really low, can become a little bit of out of balance. And then that can create more PMS symptoms, more period pain. And then inflammation can also affect our HPO axis, which is how your brain communicates with your ovaries and tells it when to ovulate. So it can cause irregular cycles. So there's a lot of different ways that inflammation can mess up your period and cause issues. You know, and something I think maybe you were the first person I saw to say this, so not in a shame, shamey way, but painful periods or intense PMS is not normal. Or is like, no, not it's not. Good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it is a sign. It is a sign that something's out of balance. And this isn't like shame on you for all these things. Like, you know, we're not, we are taught that this is normal, that period pain is normal, that PMS is normal. And it's only been the past, I feel like maybe five, eight years that I think it's becoming more socially acceptable that this is not normal. And this is something that we need to pay attention to. Um, And, you know, the old standard, whatever diet pyramid of like, eat your 10 servings of gluten per day, (laughs) obviously wasn't doing us any favors. And so I think there was just like, there's a lot that we need to relearn and kind of like reinstate in society. And there's what that statistic that where uh, it takes like, what, 
15 or something amount of years for research that was shown in studies to become like uh, every in everyday practice, like for doctors and stuff. So if the things that doctors are telling us and um, whatever is actually already outdated because there's all this new research that's coming in. And a lot of this is on like hormone health and inflammation and um, a lot of things that are pretty holistic that just haven't been fully implemented in, you know, daily life and daily terminology and stuff yet. Whoa. You actually, you couldn't hear me because I mute myself when someone else is talking because otherwise I go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. I do that too. <laughs> and then listening back, I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, but when you said that it takes about 15 years to kind of catch up, I went, whoa. I know it's insane. Uh, yeah. yeah, especially because the information that we have about women's bodies or people who mm-hmm. menstruate is so we don't have a lot anyway. So, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Wow. Oh, thank goodness you're doing the work you're doing. <laughs> well, and I I do have really hope. I am really optimistic that like you know I mean t- maybe ten years from now, uh, this will be super common. There'll be a lot more access and knowledge and all this great stuff. Like even I feel like a lot of my I'm getting a lot more like Gen Z patients now, and they're already like, oh yeah, I've had my period for five years, and it's it's still like really crappy. Like I want to do something about it, and I think that's just so incredible. People aren't um, aren't just like living with this for decades and decades, all these issues. So there is this, um, there, there is this, like this awareness that is being passed along to the next generation, which is awesome. Yes. I can totally see the generational difference between my parents. Like I was asking my dad if his mm-hmm. mom had painful periods and he was like, oh, yeah. I, I would have never known. Cause she would have never said oh. that to me. Right. So I just thought that was so interesting. And my mom will always say, you know so much about your period. I don't really like I don't have a period anymore. And I didn't ever know that while I ever had my period. So it's wow. Yeah, it's such cool. a shame because there is yeah. so much we can learn from it and about our bodies. And yeah, it's just such an incredible tool. And I, I love working. I love working with periods. <laughs> so it is such a shame that so many people were just uh, deprived of like how beautiful that knowledge is. I know. I know. I think my mental health and health in general has improved the most once I started listening to my cycle and learning from it. So I, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you gave us some cool tips about gut health. So can you also give us some tidbits about how to reduce inflammation? Sure. So, I mean, that is a huge, huge statement. So there's no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no one quick fix. And so reducing inflammation will look different depending on the individual. So we first need to figure out where the inflammation is coming from for you. And so when I'm working with my patients, I use four main pillars of health and that's diet, exercise, sleep, and stress. And any imbalances in any of these pillars can create hormone imbalance or inflammation. So it could just be your uh, diet doesn't have enough anti-inflammatory things. Um, You're not exercising enough or you're exercising too much. You're not getting enough sleep or stress levels are super crazy and out of whack and your nervous system super dysregulated. All of these things can result in inflammation in the body. And so my job is to kind of identify Uh, where it's coming from for you, and then what are some tools and ways that we can address it? The four pillars of health. That's so interesting. Can you repeat what those were? Yeah. So um, I use diet, exercise, stress, and sleep. 
Mm. Oh, interesting. So do you find that when we can kind of find balance in that things tend to start aligning a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I kind of like to break it down into the, into those like four main sort of pillars. So we can kind of just, it, it's not as overwhelming as in like, where do I start with my health? And so that's kind of why I try to break it down for people. Like if you're just looking at those four things, which stands out to you the most that is the biggest problem in your life? Is it like you're really not getting enough sleep? Stress is crazy. Your eating is super irregular or there's like absolutely zero movement in your life. Like where, where, what is one kind of doable pillar that we can kind of focus on? Um, and then what are some strategies that we can do to improve your health and kind of go from there? I love that. And I, I feel like I have this image of me and so many other people being like, I'm going to totally overhaul my health and just improve everything all at once. And (laughs) like that new year's resolution energy, and it just tends to kind of fade out. So I like the idea of just focusing on the one that maybe stands out or feels the most Mm -hmm. doable. And then kind of, because it does ripple effect out, right? Like when you're getting more sleep, you just want to go on a walk probably, or you just kind of gravitate towards food. That's a little bit more nourishing for you. So it does ripple out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're very interrelated. Absolutely. And yeah, it is about just like making healthy, healthy life doable and sustainable Mm long-term. Oh, and I love that you said there's not probably a quick fix. Uh, and I think we've all tried to have a quick fix before. Oh yes! Like there's no one supplement that's going to absolutely cure everything. You're probably going to no, have to address. I other wish things. it would make <laughs> my job in life so much easier, but unfortunately, <laughs> there's not. No. <laughs> yes, I know what a bummer. <laughs> I think I uh, thought that for a long time. I was like, all I gotta do is take my multivitamin, and I'm good. <laughs> right. I know you just find that one right supplement. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It'll fix everything. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So this is all so helpful. And I feel like I'm going to listen back several times to try and internalize (laughs) it all. Um, But you also have a course where people can dive even deeper and it's called period university. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. So it's a course, my very first course that I just launched. I was working on it for almost a year and it was so it's like my absolute baby I've spent so much time on it and I'm so I'm so proud of what it's become and so it's basically everything that you need to know about your period it's 10 modules of everything ranging from the hormones of the menstrual cycle supplements how to treat PMS and specific period problems how to fix your gut how to fix your sleep inflammation, where it comes from, what to do about it, eating lifestyle, exercise, literally everything that I teach my patients and then everything that you need to know to fix your period problems. Whoa, that is all amazing. (laughs) And I know it's all really informative and really, Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to say nutrient dense, but I guess information dense. It's it's absolutely information (laughs) dense. Yeah. I don't do anything lightly. I'm a bit of like a maximalist when it comes to information providing. So for the people that resonate with that, then I think they'll love that. And it's, of course, everything is backed up by studies. I th- I must cite like two or 300 studies in the whole course. So everything is backed by research. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. If there's anyone that I would recommend to take a course from, it would be you. Cause I think oh, thank you. you're so well-informed. You explain things in such a uh, graspable way, even if you're giving mm. a lot of information. So I think you should absolutely be so proud of yourself and oh, out of period university. It <laughs> sounds amazing. 
Um, so, and also you work with people one-on-one, is that right? I do. Yeah. I'm still seeing, um, clients one-on-one. So I am an acupuncturist in Vancouver, but I also see people, uh, virtually from anywhere in the world with my health coaching practice. So, um, that's also reachable online. Perfect. And so the link to sign up for the course and to work with you and your Instagram will all be in the show notes. I definitely recommend at least giving you a follow because you post so many amazing things. Um, And thank you so much for coming on with us today for the second time. You have so much information. I'm so grateful that you're willing to share with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I had fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Empowered Spirituality. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean so much if you shared with a friend or gave it a rating or review so that it can reach even more people. If you want to connect further, perhaps you can consider joining the low-cost monthly membership for virtual new moon circles, weekly guided meditations, tarot pools, and a Discord community. You can find that at ko-fi.com slash bloomingwild, or you can visit my website, samanthanagel.com, to work with me further.